Hey listeners, did you know that Yogi Triathlete offers endurance coaching for body and mind? We offer personalized training plans for endurance sports, wellness and mindset, nutrition and recovery guidance, and race preparation and strategy, all within the supportive community of Team Yogi Triathlete. So if you're ready to conquer your fitness goals and push your limits, our endurance coaches are ready to guide you on the journey to peak performance. Go to yogitriathlete.com today to set up your free 30-minute discovery call and embrace a future of strength, stamina, and achievement. Your goals, our experience, the perfect match for unstoppable success. You want to be a better runner, you want to finish strong at the end of a half Ironman, practice running progression runs. We are in the end of a run and you have to run faster than you start. Oh my God, those There's are no so secret. great though. I love those. I give those a lot. There's no secret to it. And it, it it's frustrating for people because they want to start out at the pace that they always start out at. And they look at their data and they're like, well, it wasn't as fast as it could have been. That's not the point. The point is to retrain the mind so that you start and set yourself up for success in the end. There's nothing outside of mindset training. There's nothing in this life that's outside meaning, of mindset training. Meaning everything that we do, putting the dishes away, riding the bike, recording a podcast, teaching yoga, they're all opportunities to train the mind. Yeah, they're all opportunities just to be in charge. And that's a great question to ask. Like, who's in charge right now? Welcome to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. This is our December O Show. I'm here with Beach, my co-host, husband, business partner in Yogi Triathlete, and then our dog, Clark, who a lot of you know. And um, we admittedly, since this is the open and honest show, we admittedly have realized that we definitely missed the boat on doing an Instagram <laughs> Uh, account for Clark because the amount of videos and photos that people take of him and not just like every once in a while, but pretty much like every weekend uh, here in Carlsbad, uh, when we go to an Ironman event, like we were at Indian Wells, it was constant and it's amazing. It's so sweet. You know, he's known as the coach of joy and he does bring a lot of joy to people's lives, but then again, like just for us. Yeah, he's just for us, you know? And that means you guys too. Like he's he's just for us. And, and so and you gotta come out and experience it. Like yeah. just walk, I just walked him now down to the bench. It's, bench time would have been a, like Clark and then hit, the feature would be bench time. Bench time. Because you put him up on the bench and people come over and say, you know, can I say hi to him? Or he looked at me from across the street and so I had to come over and say hi to him. Yeah, that's what he does. I don't, it's like, we'll do these kind of like setups where I'm like, okay, like, is he just exceptionally cute? Like he's a golden retriever and golden retrievers are cute, but like, okay, let me take a few steps back and I'll walk towards you guys. And yeah, he's pretty cute, but I think it's his energy. I think that's what it is. And it's very personable. I mean, I've had dogs my whole life and I've never had the reaction and the response um, that I have seen Clark elicit from people like for, uh, I would say every day of his almost nine years. Oh, his birthday's coming up December 14th. It's going to be nine. Yeah. Nine. It's going to be nine. He doesn't look nine. Doesn't act nine. Um, yeah. People just love him and we can always tell, or you can always tell most often when I get home, he smells like perfume 
you know, he's got some sort of wonderful scent. Yeah, he um, smelled like this beautiful perfume the other night. Um, you you took him out, what was it, Thursday night? And he came home and he smelled like that for a couple of days. And then uh, another woman gave him some love and now he has a new scent on him. So it's pretty funny. Like if that was like you, I'd be a little suspect. But Clark, yeah. It's expected. It's expected. It's expected. Um, all right. What's bench time? People are like, what's bench time? Oh, bench time. So we live, I don't even, how many steps? Because we counted when we first moved here, like 440 steps to the, to the coast from where we, where we live. And there's these benches up that overlook the uh, beach. And so pretty much every day, at least once a day, if not more, we walk down to those benches and he hops up and he doesn't necessarily look at the ocean like I'm looking at the ocean. He just gets on the corner of the bench and just looks for the people who are walking by to make eye contact so that he can get some love. Yeah, he knows exactly what He knows he's what doing. he's doing. And he knows when we're separate. So when I go, he kind of looks across the street thinking you're going to be coming up at some point across the yeah, street. Yeah, he doesn't like it when the pack is not together. He yeah. definitely prefers if we're all together. What is your, do you have like a favorite Clark story? Something that comes to mind. Yeah, well, I think just a bunch of ladies <laughs> at the stoplight when we go to cross with the one-on-one and uh, the volleyball players, the young volleyball players that play down on the the beach, uh, they were walking with us across and they were like talking to Clark and Clark's like wants attention. And as soon as we get to the other side, he just like falls down on the ground. He wiggles his way a little bit closer to someone, one of the one of the girls, and then he gets on his back. And then let's just say it, it was like six or seven um, volleyball players, one or two or three are going to be interested in him. But once he gets on his back, it's all of them are all over him. And he's just, he becomes so still and joyful. And the, the joy from the, those people that are just uh, giving him love just gets higher and higher. And I just, the fact that he can do that for people yeah, to interrupt their day of, you know, trying to get down there, probably to do warm up drills for to play volleyball, they'll take their time for Clark. And that I don't know, that makes me super happy. Even just right now, if you guys could see this, he's laying outside his bed and just as we started talking about him, he just rests his head on the edge of the of the bed, looking in it at his blanket. He's he's just so cute. And of course we're biased. I think he's the cutest dog. What's yeah. your favorite? Which What's the Clark story you oh know? Oh my God, hands down. Um, I was down at the end of the street, walking over to the beach. I'll never forget this. It was really like moving. And this guy was walking up the coast highway on the, um, on the sidewalk. And he had like hat on sideways, like face tattoos. This guy looked rough and tumble. His pants were like super low and, you know, the, the whole, the whole persona was going on. Like this guy was definitely rough and tumble and he looked really angry. Like he just looked angry. And, um, I was standing there with Clark. Um, and he came to the stoplight. He was going to cross with us and he looked at Clark and Clark just got down and rolled over and the guy got down like on his knees and started like scratching me. He just looked up at me and he said, I was in the worst mood. I'm having the most terrible day. And he said, and now I feel happy. And this guy was like, <laughs> you know, this, if you were to judge somebody, you would not want to walk 
you know, walk into this guy in the pitch dark. And he, I just saw the softness about him in that moment. And he said, my whole day is, is going to be different now. And I said, that's it. And I said, and, and share it with somebody else. And he was like, I will. And, uh, and that was it. And then we parted ways and I've never seen him again. And it was just one of the most beautiful moments. Um, I mean, who knows what that guy's story was, but he was having a really tough moment and he looked super angry and, um, and Clark just softened him up and, you know, it's not like Clark created love or softness for that guy. Clark was the catalyst for that softness and that love to come to the surface. And it was like, it was just, it was really touching. It was really one of the most beautiful moments I've had with him in these nine years. So (laughs) he's like licking my toes right now. All right. right. Um, Okay. Moving on. Um, We could talk all day about Clark. Yeah. Did we both have the same workout today? No. Oh, what was your workout? Because I'm deeper. Mine was just three hours easy. Oh. So no, um, no single leg drills, which you've been incorporating into your workouts and the team's been doing on their, on your long rides. But that was what you had today, right? Yeah. I don't, there's a lot. So it was a three hour, did a three hour ride on the trainer. I mean, I've been off the bike now for less than an hour. I just got off, hopped in the shower and sat down in front of the microphones. I had a little bit of quinoa with some, um, Bragg's, uh, aminos on it. I wasn't hungry, but I wanted to get something in. And now I'm having a cup of my Ayurvedic tea. Um, and yeah, it's been a while since I did three hours in the trainer and there's a lot of those single leg drills, but it felt, it felt really good. Like it's, I love the contrast of starting the single leg drill and feeling a little bit awkward and weird trying to catch the watts because they're really low watts. And then, and then really just focusing, I love the presence that it requires, like focusing on a really smooth revolution. Through this training that I've done, we've we talked about it on the last podcast, the last O show, that is the one theme throughout every workout is the presence. It's the elevating the, the level of presence that's needed to do some of these workouts. If you want to do them to the max capacity, like like you did on the single leg drills, so much opportunity. Even for the three hour easy ride today, it was like not that hard. It was probably like forty percent FTP. Just and and I found myself going into modes of like zoning out, but then it was like come back, just pedal, bone, use your bones, not muscles, as Lawrence would say. Um, but yeah, th- uh, this was the first week. I think I'm testing again next week, and this is the first week I got to that that point of like I need super focus to get through this, this workout. So I, I remember winding up for the intervals and just shutting things off and really getting focused. And, uh, and that's when you're completely available. I've done the other way. I've done like the zoning out, the, the, you know, the intense music, loud, loud music, but that's just a distraction. It's really good to work in that moment. Like feel it. Like, can I keep going longer? Can I keep going? Can I keep going? Can I keep going? So yeah, it's been a it's been a successful so far. So we'll see next week if there's any boost. Um, but I'm giving something similar to you, uh, and, and this isn't stuff that isn't I haven't given before. Like we've done single leg drills, we've done low cadence, we've done high cadence. It's just a different, different, um, different sort of uh, flow because this is completely different than bike camp last year. Yeah, it is. Um, I liked, uh, well, first of all, 
something that's been on my mind is we published that blog post the other day about a comprehensive audit of your training space. And one of the things that I wrote in there was about distractions. And I've really been holding myself accountable to it because I can't just write something like that and then, you know, be doing like the the scroll and things like that on Instagram. And um, so I, I like that. I like um, holding myself accountable for it. Um, but the other thing was like, it was a three-hour ride. I taught yoga on the beach today. And so by the time I got home and got on the bike, it was like one o'clock. And because um, I was doing a little bit of work this morning. And you were like, oh, you know, 90 minutes, two hours is like fine. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't have a race right now until July. But then in my mind, I was like, don't you dare. Like, this is bike camp. You do that three hours. And um, I like that little bit of it because it didn't, it's not really going to matter if I did the three hours or didn't do the three hours, but doing the three hours does matter. And that does make uh, an impact on my future by staying the course. And I guess it was like that last hour where I just, I I haven't done um, three hours on the trainer in a while and I haven't done a three hour ride in a while. Um, so I could feel just like this, well, first of all, I could feel like the endurance, which I love, right? It's like almost two decades now of just consistent training. And I love that endurance. Like I could, I could have gone for another couple hours, but in the last hour I had just like this really deep starting to come up to the surface, think a little bit of like a burn, even though it wasn't very hard, but it's just that constant movement. And I just, I really loved it. I, I loved that feeling. I loved that little bit of that mental game of like, yeah, I'm just going to go the three hours. Okay. Well, I have 57 minutes left. Like that's, that's basically like an hour. Um, but yeah, I really like that. And I, I love the feeling on the other side when you stay the course. So the alternative to that, and I love this, and I want to get your perspective on it. We're practicing now or what we practice now has an influence on what we're going to do later on. So if we start to cut the ride short if we start to negotiate with ourselves and say yeah 90 minutes that's fine for night right now and it may just be because it's off season but if you continually do that you may be setting a precedent down the road when you get to a key session or a key workout or the load gets uh, really heavy to bow out and to take the route that the mind is now becoming familiar with so not to say you do this often but if you're out there wondering What's the gap between the people that can can elevate their performance, you know, come race day versus versus why is this not happening to me? Look at what you're doing throughout your training cycle. Are there themes going along? Something like I didn't have enough time today or I didn't plan accordingly is what I see most often. Well, get curious about that. Like take an audit of that. Take an audit of and, and I love that you mentioned the article because there's things that you can do to set yourself up so that if you are running short on time from yoga, let's just say, you're already set up in your unit. You just need to get out there and get, hop on the bike. There isn't setting up the trainer, getting your bottles together, like all of those things. So, um, and there is sometimes like it's necessary to step back and not push through. But I believe if you're not, achi- not achieving your goals, Look at if your yes is your yes. Something we've been talking about a lot lately, uh, or maybe I've been talking a lot, a lot about it myself. I'm feeding that simple 
message. Let your yes be yes. Uh, I ran up against the same thing on my three-hour ride. Not that I was going to stop, but I was just like, I can just get off right now, go upstairs, look in the kitchen, look in the fridge. And I caught myself. I'm like, no, I don't really need to do that. I don't need to go to the bathroom. Go look in the fridge. I don't need to find anything to eat. <laughs> I have everything I need right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's getting in that gap and just sit, just sit there because the same thing happens on race day. This is the same thing if you're on a, the bike course, you're in a race, and you've been going hard for an hour or ninety minutes, and you're like, oh, I should just give myself a break here and just ease up a little bit. That is the same pattern that you're creating on your trainer. Like today, if you got off the bike and go and got out of the um, experience. So stick to the plan. Yeah. I mean, it, I like the extra accountability of bike camp. I like, I like goals. I like to have something that, um, that, that works really well for me. And that's not to say that if I don't have something that I'm, I'm lazy, it's just not how I'm built. I'm not lazy. Um, but I, like to stop that bike today for no reason whatsoever. Like when I go to take that test at the end of bike camp, like I absolutely want to make sure that I got every single minute in that I could. And the other day, um, another thing that was in that article was like about technology and I had technical difficulties. Oh yeah. What happened in the middle, in the middle of my ride and I got all the tasty stuff in, but then I had to skip the cool down because what was I doing? I was going, oh, I was going to teach yoga. I was going to teach my yoga class. I, I can't be late for my yoga class. I'm the teacher. So that day I had to cut it 10 minutes short. So there are going to be times where life happens, but if you can do it, like if there's no other reason except for the mind going like, eh, I don't really, like, I don't really need, like then stay the course, like stay the course. Cause I think that's true success. When you get to the other side of the finish line, looking back at like, well, how did I, how did I show up for this training block? How did I show up? How did I, um, you know, set myself up for success? You know, did, did I go to pick up the phone to be distracted and put it back down or did I pick it up and go mindless for a little while? Um, And if you catch yourself doing that, you know, put it back down and just, it's not about beating yourself up. It's about like, okay, next time I'll be stronger. And that just pays such mental dividends. Like something I've been saying a lot to my clients is just like, there's nothing outside of mindset training. There's nothing in this life that's outside of mindset training. Meaning everything that we do, putting the dishes away, riding the bike, recording a podcast, teaching yoga, they're all opportunities to train the mind. Yeah. They're all opportunities just to be in charge, you know, like, and that's a great question to ask, like who's in charge right now? Um, you know, when you set a goal and you find yourself kind of wandering away from the work that needs to be done to really reach that to your greatest success, who's in charge in that moment? That's a great question to ask. Yeah. And then match that question or the, the, yeah, who's in charge? And match that with what are your goals? Like if you have big goals, it it takes focused concentration and effort and persistence to achieve those big goals. So again, if you're looking ahead, let's just say you want to crush the bike in Oregon, are you doing the things necessary right now, day in and day out, to set yourself up for a successful bike in July? Yes. 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 What does it mean? Well, it means 
you did your three hour ride today, no matter what. We had to push this podcast back a little bit. Um, and I was up at 5 a.m. to get my meditation in and get the work done that I needed to get done. So you're going to come on the great. Yeah, you committed the night before. Like you, I asked you what time you're going to wake up, and you were like, I'm getting up at five. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> Because um, we're in such a routine on the weekends, or at least I am, getting up and getting out and getting on the Palomar. Like, that's like our routine. But I did say, like, tomorrow, I'm not going to set an alarm. Yes, Although, so Sunday, yes. I mean, what does that mean? Yeah, we'll be up early anyway. Six. <laughs> Just no alarm. But it means I'm going to sip a little <laughs> espresso in bed after my lemon water. But these big goals take take consistently standing up to the thoughts. And the thoughts... What did we listen to Jim Carrey and also oh, that was you? Like really good. Let, we'll, we'll, put a, we'll put a link. Put a link to that video. Yeah, in the show notes for this. Thoughts create suffering. Or thoughts are the root of all suffering. It really is. Like thoughts you, are the root of all suffering. If you're suffering, like, um, just in that moment, like, look at the thoughts. Like, the thoughts are, oh, man, the thoughts are so, um, they're so pesky. And, um... Yeah, they are. They are. It's the thoughts. About, it's the commentary about what's happening that creates the suffering that like abrasively ends relationships and friendships. And, you know, I mean, it's just, you know, or your relationship to yourself. Like it's the thoughts about what has happened, what may happen and what is happening that just will crush our joy. So someone's listening to this right now. Perfect segue. Like, well, how do you begin to change that? I want to change it. Like, raise your hand. Like, yeah, I have this commentary and it's constantly beating me down or it's comparing or Mm. it's incessant and I just can't find a way to stop it. Mm. What? So what can someone do? Like share what in a, in a brief, like few sentences, what can someone do to start changing that? You have to starve those thoughts of their nutrition and their nutrition is your attention. So it's not about stopping them. It's about starving them. And if they don't have fuel, like they're going to fight for their um, presence in your life because they, they've been practiced and they're familiar, you know, um, but you have to starve them of your attention. And so the first step is awareness. You have to practice being aware of what you're doing while you're doing it. And if you practice being aware of what you're doing while you're doing it, like if I'm washing the dishes and I'm really like feeling the dish in my hand and I'm practicing present moment awareness, then there's going to be a space between what I'm paying attention to and the thoughts about what I'm, what I'm doing in that moment. And then you start to be able to see the thoughts. And then if those thoughts are like not loving or those thoughts are poisonous or those thoughts are disturbing your peace, that's a great time to begin to practice starving them. And so how do you do that? Um, you can turn to your breath and start counting, you know, inhale for four, exhale for four. So if you're counting, you're concentrating your mind on the numbers 
and you're not concentrating on the thoughts anymore. And then you might get to the number one and then you're back in the nasty thought. So start again. Don't pick up at two, go back to one. And that really sends a message to the mind like, no, 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 no. I'm not counting to four and you're interrupting me at one and we're just going to jump to two. No, you're not in charge. We're going to go back to one. One, two. It's like a commentary about the commentary in the mind. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, you're not in charge. I mean, this is, this is how I've gotten to where I am today by having this commentary of the commentary, you know? Um, that's a great way to do it. Uh, your breath is the perfect tool. I talk about that in the book. I talk about that on the Wake Athlete podcast. And it's also the greatest interface to the nervous system. So those thoughts are stressful. Like Now there's cortisol releasing in your body. This is not good for athletes that need to recover and be healthy for their training. You know, or if we're trying to move through a niggle or an injury, like you need to get into that parasympathetic state. So, you know, you can double down on this, um, this technique by inhaling for four and exhaling for eight. Now you're starting to shift that parasympathetic nervous system into activation because that parasympathetic nervous system is governed by our exhales. So I have lots of other things that you could do in that moment, but let's just leave it at that. Yeah, I I, I wanted to really just, you know, wrap my hands around that in a brief um, pinpoint moment to just say, this is the problem or opportunity everybody has with their thoughts and what can they do about it? Yeah. It, it, go ahead. Well, you got to starve it of your attention and then take your attention and feed something else. As simple as that. It really is. So, I mean, you got to be relentless. Like you got to be as, you got to be even more relentless than the thoughts. But if you're an athlete, like you already got what it, you already have what it takes. Yeah. And I think I, I believe like, even though everybody's training, everybody's training and we're looking for that secret workout or the secret training plan or the secret analysis of the data and all the information or the rate, the type of race you choose, all that stuff is happening and we can all, we all have access to that. But, but at the, at the root of it, it's how are we managing our ability to be awake to the moment that is presenting itself for us to make the change that we actually want to do as athletes in a race performance. So if we're not practicing getting to the intensity of four hours of a, of a half Ironman, and we're not practicing in that moment, the mind really wants to stop and ease up and fall back. If we're not practicing pulling our attention to right now, then we're going we're gonna to default to what's most comfortable, which is what we always do when we go to races. So if you want to be a, here we go, you want to be a better runner, you want to finish strong at the end of a half Ironman, practice running progression runs. We are in the end of a run and you have to run faster than you start. Oh my God, those There's are no so great secret. though. I love those. I give those a lot. There's no secret to it. And it, it it's frustrating for people because they want to start out at the pace that they always start out at. And they look at their data and they're like, well, it wasn't as fast as it could have been. That's not the point. The point is to retrain the mind so that you start and set yourself up for success in the end. 45 minutes easy, 45 minutes build to faster than you started. And at first, it may just be 30 seconds, 10 seconds faster than you started. But over time, you're able to build a nice gap where you start real light and easy, nine-minute miles, and then you're finishing at like 7, 7.15 pace. And so now the mind knows, ah, I can finish stronger if I just pace myself accordingly. 
I get this. And then you have something to work with. Then you're not sentenced to that nine minute pace, the 715. You're actually racing when you come to a race. So you can actually set yourself up because you've been practicing it to run fast from the start, knowing you're going to get faster towards the end. Yeah. I mean, progression runs are a great mindset training tool, you know, to really regulate yourself, self-regulation. You know, I was talking to an athlete yesterday who's in a very competitive sport and this person is going for, um, a very competitive spot and, um, we were talking about, you know, what can they do? You know, like, um, everybody else, I'm trying to be pretty vague about this, but everybody else is, you know, also really good. And I just said, listen, you've got the secret weapon. Like you've got what these other athletes don't have. You have a meditation practice. You are, and you are aware of your thoughts and you are aware of, you know, what's not serving you. That's the secret weapon. You know, and um, well, was, how do they respond to that? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this person's fantastic. Um, they are all in and uh, really committed, you know, uh, really have that strong will and that strong desire. And, um, you know, there's there's um, knew that just doubling down on the physical was not what was going to serve them. Um, so we talked about, you know, lots of good strategy with mindset and what they can do. And, uh, yeah, pretty cool. Wasn't that the first tendency that we have as athletes is to do more. So if I did 10 hours of training yes. and I'm not being successful, I should do 20 hours. Yeah. Of well, I had three bikes this week. It's like, uh, does not register. It's bike camp, but like two of those bikes were like, whoa, like 115% of FTP. And then today was like long. So they were super quality. I'm not saying that like, like I'm feeling my legs. It's they're really, really good quality and it's going to continue to build. So it's like, I don't need to go and blow out bike camp in the first week. Like I'm building into building into it. And, you know, so I can crush that ramp test at the end of the because that's what it's all about. I want to get more, we can get higher FTP, which is so awesome. You get that higher FTP and then you're like, yeah. And then you're like, okay, so every workout from here on in is going to be harder now, but that's okay. I mean, why not get stronger? Why not? Why I love not? getting And stay stronger. the course, yeah. stay the course. Yeah. Like we can derail ourselves in so many ways back to that article you wrote. Yeah. Stay we'll put a link to course. that in the show notes yeah. too. Check it out. If you haven't, um, we've been putting up a blog post, you know, once a month or so I've got, a um, one already brewing for, for next month and, uh, it'll be around, um, it'll be around mindset actually, I think. All right. I think we have some questions. Should we dive in? We can. Is there anything you wanted to share about? Um, <laughs> oh, is there, am I supposed to say something here? <laughs> anything you want to share about your retreats? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, because I know I, I want to definitely give it attention. And, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we actually, our retreat here in California, which is in uh, San Diego Wine Country in Temecula at the Ojas Retreat Center. It's a women's uh, yoga and wellness retreat. That has been sold out for months, like so long. And we just had a room open. So we it can be a double room. So you can grab your bestie and come on down and join us. You can get it as a single room. If that's something that interests you, it's February 17th to the 21st. And by the time this podcast launches, we are going to uh, have launched our Florida retreat. We have rented 
a gorgeous home on the water in Florida, in Bradenton, Florida. So you would fly into either Tampa or Sarasota. It's going to be in May, May 2nd to the 6th. And uh, yeah, this absolutely gorgeous home. um, So stunning and just really showed up perfectly in our lives, like kind of out of nowhere. Um, And uh, yeah, so I'll be doing that with Megan and Valerie. Uh, Patagonia, I think you can still register for Patagonia. Right now, it is all women going on this amazing yoga adventure in Patagonia, Chile. I mean, I just can't even believe I get to lead a group of women down the Futulufu River. And um, so adventure travel grounded in yoga. And I think that's it for now. Yeah. So lots of good stuff. Check it all out in the show notes or you can message us on Instagram or Facebook and we can get you all the details. Yeah, and I want to mention that because if you're if you listen to the first or the past like 15 minutes that we were talking about training the mind, like to have access to you in person and Valerie and Meg, um, to 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 be immersed in an environment where you're going to ha- be able to have people who can answer your questions and struggles and challenges that you're working through in order to actually make the moves to manage the mind. This is the opportunity to do it. And what I've found in the retreats that I've gone to with you guys is is the the uh, the learning factor or the engagement factor and the takeaway factor and uh, the up leveling factor all are um, uh, emphasized or accelerated when you're actually there in person. And then it becomes the job of your persistence and determination to put those things in action when you leave the retreat. But in the retreat environment, you have these access to people that are have been who have cred in the game and working through the thoughts. They're not perfect. Uh, I'm not perfect, but they have more experience in ways that can sort of uh, answer your questions to challenges or steer you in tactics that can actually accelerate the process for you. And then you can go work on them when you're home. But to get in that immersion uh, second is second to none. Oh my God, retreat life is like, life is it's five-star living. And we don't tend to do like, you know, um, it's pretty luxury, um, what we do and, uh, you know, your accommodations and everything, but it is, oh man, it's like the best, those are the best days of my life being on retreat. <laughs> I think this year, if we were, we haven't even done our recaps of like what we thought for the year, we'll do one after the, after the holiday, but like that trip to, to um, Costa Rica this year. You were there for like three weeks. We both were there. Yeah, you were with me. <laughs> well, I didn't, well, we traveled differently for a little while. I think I, oh, I stuck at the uh, bike camp. For one more for day. For one more day and you had flown over. Yeah. To meet the girls early. It just seemed long because you sat at the Nosara airport for five hours. Did I ever share that story? Like oh no Wi-Fi like, or what? anything? I'm sitting on the beach like sipping a coconut going, what is he doing? Like why he's literally like two miles away and he's sitting in the hot Costa Rican sun with, and there was Wi-Fi there, but yeah, that's, a, that's anyway, a story for another yeah. day. And Val and Meg were like, let go. I'm like, yeah, just let go. Like, yeah. So I had an experience. Let go. He's there in his black t-shirt and his pants, like just let him broil. Like just Which are now my favorite pants. <laughs> I the know. Lululemon pants are like my favorite pants. <laughs> All right. Questions. All right. All right. Now some, <laughs> well, now some basic stuff. Here we go. Do you have the, you have the Lululemon pants on now. I got my jeans on. Oh. Yeah. It's getting, two pairs it's of getting pants. dark out. It's I like Saturday night. Lululemon pants and jeans and that's it. Okay. And Thanks. my uh, 
craft storm tights that I, you got me in <laughs> Boulder. From like 2002. Yeah, 15 years ago. All right. <laughs> it's the best money I ever spent. Here we go. Speaking of clothing, uh, how much laundry and showering and socks um, uh, we go through as, as endurance athletes? This is coming from someone who's new to the endurance <laughs> so good. athlete world. Like, is this normal, you know, to, to have all of that? Um, uh, absolutely. Uh, it is. And, and also uh, I'll segue into this too. I want to get your take on it, but some, some hacks into not always having to do laundry. Um, cause you know, you and I sometimes, uh, take a few days before we. Yeah. I mean, I have load. two pairs of, let's just go with that question for right now. Like I have two pairs of running shorts. So a lot of times I come back from a run, um, and those shorts go right into the shower with me and I do a little, uh, Alex Honnold didn't he do that? That's what, he, that's what it's <laughs> little from. Alex yes, Honnold. Like from I the just movie. I wash yeah. them right there in the shower with me, and then I hang them out to dry, and then they're typically dry. Um, but yeah, um, laundry is going to increase, and I I do remember like back in our Boulder days, and even in um, in Newport having so much laundry. But I think it's because I had so many other clothes. Like I have one long sleeve shirt. I have one long sleeve shirt, period. I have some sweaters, but like one long sleeve, like Lululemon that I run in. And so I wear that a couple times and then, um, you know, that might go into the shower with me or if we're doing laundry that day, it goes in the laundry. And then as far as the showering goes, um, and this is something that I, uh, kind of would do when I was teaching lots of hot yoga classes. It's just sometimes it's a face cloth and some essential oils. Um, there's also something to, you know, like re, I, I say rewilding, like I'm like, I'm rewilding, um, where you're actually like, it's good for your immune system. I believe I'm not a doctor of any of this stuff, but it's good for your immune system not to always be showering and scrubbing yourself with soap. Like your body has, um, you know, mechanisms to, uh, fight things off and it actually strengthens your immune system. Also coconut oil is antimicrobial. So if you just do a little warm face cloth with some essential oils, you know, like if you have a second workout later in the day and then like a little bit of coconut oil, that's, that's sometimes even better than a shower. So, um, yeah. I think in Newport, we had a lot of laundry because we did a lot of hot sweaty yoga. So you and I, let's just say you were teaching a lot. I was practicing a lot. The yogi toes, the the dripping sweat clothing that we actually wore. Yeah. I mean, I was teaching like 15, 17 classes a week and I had a lot of Lululemon. Yeah. So yeah, we were washing a lot. We were washing a lot. Um, But in Newport too, I'm glad you mentioned the, the oil or the rewilding, I, I found it very successful. And this may come as a shock to those people that I worked with in the office, but I would come from yoga in the morning or mid afternoon from a workout. And I would go to the office bathroom. Yeah. And do a peppermint oil, just kind of like wipe down and then uh, get back into my work clothes and continue on with the day. You can't lose with like a peppermint, peppermint. lavender combo. What's the one I used to get? Oh, focus. Mental focus. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's that was the combination. Um, I think that's the brand now, N O W, and they have another one that every time I wear it, people love it. And you actually, you were actually using it a lot when we were in Costa Rica, and everyone's like, "BJ, you smell right. so good." <laughs> I stole your thunder. You tell stole my thunder, and that one's "Peace, Love, and Flowers." I love that one. Um, "Peace and Harmony" is another delicious one that they have, and then "Mental Focus." You really liked that too. So you get like a blend nice warm face cloth and yeah you're as good as new i kind of like that uh uh the invigorating feel you get on your skin from the essential oils yeah i mean Uh, and i don't like stink after i wear i think like when you when you live a you know a a clean life like i'm not i'm not sweating out you know i'll let you know big max and stuff you gotta let me know too i mean i'm not saying that i'm always smelling like roses unless I use a rose's essential oil. Um, but I do also have like a rose hydrosol that I spray, um, which is also really nice. Well, let's talk about, and the next question is about uh, maintaining clean and healthy skin. Ooh. You know, as we're swimming in pools, chlorinated pools, mm-hmm. uh, getting into high yoga studios, taking on the sweat of other people when they, mm-hmm. you know, they swing up their arms. Oh my God. Right? How many times I got like sweat right in my mouth. And you do Someone's, a good job of this in the morning. You've got a nice routine. Maybe we can talk about our routines in the morning now that they've taken my a lot God, more my time. Routine. This is why we have to get up early. Oh my God, my routine is like up to an hour. What are you now. doing for your skin? Let's talk about your skin. What are you doing for your skin? So I tend to follow um, Ayurveda, and, um, which is working with the five elements of nature, water, fire, earth, air, and space. And those are all the five elements that are in nature. And at the time of our conception, a unique combination of those elements come together and they create our bodies, right? Like we have digestive fire. We have a lot of fluid in our bodies. That's our water element, you know, blood rushing through our veins. Um, The earth element is our flesh and our bones, the air element is the actual breath moving in and out of the lungs. The space element is like the space in our minds, the space between our vertebrae. So we have all of this stuff. And we know that our body is a part of nature because when we leave this earth, the body stays. Um, that said, that's what I follow. And we also find these elements are shifting and changing throughout the seasons. And so um, in the summertime, I use a lot of coconut oil because coconut oil is cooling and I, I have a lot of fire and then it's hot in the summer. So coconut oil is great. And like I said earlier, it's antimicrobial. So, um, really, really nourishing, uh, but it's, it's a little bit heavier, right? Uh, and then in the fall through the winter, I actually use sesame oil and sesame oil is better for, um, the, the earth and water and air and space elements of our body as we're moving into the, those seasons where those things are a little bit more prevalent. So I use sesame oil uh, on my body and that's just really nourishing. Um, so hopefully nobody who owns like a lap pool is listening to this because one of the tricks that I do is I will put coconut oil or sesame oil on my body before I go in the pool. Sometimes. Well, I don't Am think, I going to get in trouble? No. That? I mean, we jump in the pool all the time and someone will come in and you can just smell perfume or a really I mean, strong I always, scent throughout the water. I, so. I'm not trying to do anything to harm the right. water or anything like that. And and frankly, I guess it's every time I go in because, um, because 
I always have some kind of oil on, you know, well, even if you take a little, even if you take a little bit, uh, you know, shower before you get into the pool. Um, the other thing is putting coconut oil in my hair. So I always do coconut oil in my hair, no matter what the season is. And I'll do coconut oil in my hair and then put my swim cap on coconut oil. Even if you don't do that before the pool, super nourishing, do that a couple times a week. Um, just, putting your hair like in coconut oil and then um, also doing uh, abiyanga, which is like a self massage and that you can look that up. I'll put a little video in the show notes. There's so many benefits to abiyanga from like um, not seeing your cellulite to nourishing your skin and anti-aging and all of that. It's very, very nourishing. And I'll do that uh, two times a week, like a full Abhyanga massage on myself using oil. And then I'll get into a warm shower, not too hot, not too cold. And uh, that's very nourishing for your skin. Uh, I also want to talk about your tattoo because I know the person who asked this question has tattoos and is swimming. So I notice sometimes you have to, you know, before bed, you feel irritation or sometimes the tattoo area more so than other areas. It hasn't happened in a long time. But when it did happen. Yeah. Coconut oil. And anything else? That squirrel's nut butter. Oh yeah. Squirrel's nut butter is so great. I love squirrel's nut butter. It's not just for your chamois people. Like you can put it on your lips, just, you know, have certain tubes for certain things, but I love squirrel's nut butter is very nourishing. Um, beautiful, uh, beautiful ingredients in there and just a beautiful company. And we love Chris, the owner, but yeah, so anytime you have any kind of skin irritation, um, well, I shouldn't say that's not every time because it could also be um, elements of air, uh, which air and space, which are very dry. But if you have anything that's hot like that or um, itchy, that's typically too much fire. And so coconut oil, like I said, is very cooling. So coconut oil is a nice option, even, even if it is in the winter. I think that covers. What do you do for your skin? Uh, I I put lotion on my skin, and there was a a time there where I was overdoing it on coconut oil, and it was soaking through my clothes, wrecking your. So then I had to wear black clothes all the time, and then (laughs) meditator Bob was like, "You got to stop wearing black. (laughs) (laughs) You need a pop of color here." So I definitely overloaded on coconut oil. I loved coconut oil. It's really good for my skin. So when I'm winding down the night and I know I'm not going to be seen in public, I will put much more coconut oil on. It's really good for my skin, but lotion for sure. Um, And uh, I don't do anything before the pool, after the pool. Uh, I I don't really shower at the pool anymore. I think COVID has got me into a routine where I just get home and I'll shower there. Uh, but lotion and coconut oil are, are my go-tos for sure. Um, You've also been using that really delicious massage oh, oil Oh, the Arnica oil. Waleda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been really good. I, I Working through stiffness or soreness in the body, I've been using the Tiger Balm uh, in spotty areas because it's very invigorating. But uh, ran out of that little jar, and so that that Waleda Arnica oil—that's what it so is. Arnica. Good. My mom used to like swear by this stuff. 
it smells so good. And it's I used natural. To, I remember I used to use that on my massage clients and then I got it because I was giving you massage and now we just kind of use it. So that's another, that's a great one. If you have, again, I'll put it in the show notes. So you got to check out the show notes for all this delicious stuff. Yeah. There's oils. Take care of your skin. Basically like there's days I don't shower because I just am on to the next thing and I, and I'll go to another workout and I feel like the dryness of the skin from the pool, especially yeah. from the pool. Yeah. If your skin is dry like that, oil is going to be the most nourishing. But wear black clothes so that the oil doesn't. Well, just, you know, using, somewhere between like overdoing it dose. and underdoing it. <laughs> uh, what about, so caring for your, your athletic gear in an eco-friendly way. Uh, one thing that I'll mention is I used, uh, and really like using Lululemon's, that silver, uh, no stink, mm-hmm. uh, apparel. And for a long time there, I would run in a no stink shirt and just hang it to dry and we'd keep using it and keep using it. And it literally did not stink and it always dried out and it wasn't getting like crusty. You know how sometimes you wear shirts mm-hmm. a little too long and they get crusty or if you don't, that's what happens. <laughs> I'll share that information. I don't, just for the record, just for the I record, don't have any crusty shirts. I do sometimes. <laughs> I'll wear them a few times. They're Lululemon. Like your, and they've probably seen their day. Like your craft storm tights from yeah. circa 2002. Those, I, don't even, I don't even, those are going to disintegrate <laughs> Oh my God, they just walked by. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I would doubt it. <laughs> Uh, no, Clark, Clark don't no. step on the wires. Clark's, oh my God. We're not laughing at you. I Clark. love belly laughing. Oh, oh, Clark. Clark, over here. Come here. You got to move them. Okay. All right. We're back on track. Right. <laughs> we're back at it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So um, that's caring for the, the gear. And again, we mentioned like shower with it, I think is a gentle um, way. Also, Dr. Bronner's. Yes. You don't yeah. need a lot of that. And you can just, a lot of times, like, Beach will come back from a long ride and he'll just put a little bit of that in the sink, throw recycling stuff yeah. in there. And um, so, you know, eco conscious is also just bringing it into the shower with you um, and washing it up real quick, old school. Mm hmm. But I like the Dr. Bronner's. And we've also been using, oh, I want to I wanna speak about this. We've been using the detergent. So we're done with the big plastic bottles that are going to swallow the earth. And we're using, um, I got them on Grove, uh, but they have them everywhere. And they're eco-conscious. They come in cardboard that you can recycle. And they're actually detergent sheets. They're awesome. They're really, really great. So... So in the sink, we tear off a little piece yes. of these. and If we're not using the Bronner's. Yeah, and we can use that, and it works really well. Yeah. Yeah, I actually like it. Just got to make sure your hands are dry. Oh, yeah, because they dissolve, it, like, immediately. Like, super mm-hmm. quick. So this is one for you. Oh. I know you've got a routine. Caring for your feet. Mm. Um, super important. Um, and have always been mindful, but would love any suggestions and advice as miles increase. Yeah, you got to love your feet. Um, warm sesame oil massage at night before you go to bed. Um, so I get an organic 
sesame oil, just like at Sprouts, the market, you know, just get it at the supermarket, but you want it in glass. You don't want it in plastic. And you, I just get an organic sesame oil. And then if you can warm it, that's great. Um, it's just going to be nicer on your feet, will help your pores open and all of that. And I just do a nice little massage on my feet, nothing too technical or anything like that. I probably massage my feet a couple times a day. I typically do it in the morning and at night. And then I just put socks on. So you get those, you know, pair of socks that are nice and cozy that you um, don't care if you have oil in them and just nice warm um, sesame oil massage at night before you go to bed is really, really great. And it actually helps you, it can help you sleep. Um, And then the other thing is squirrels, nut butter. So um, happy, they have a happy toes product, which we love. And you can just lube up your toes. Like that's the biggest thing. If you're running on the trails or even running on the, even running on the road, like it will just, it again, really great ingredients in that product and it will just keep things nice and slip and slide and nourishing as you're pounding down the road. Yeah. Squirrels, the the happy toes are are just phenomenal. There was one race and I'm just trying to think about it. A triathlon where I actually stopped in T2 and put the the happy toes. It might've been Kona. I just was really adamant about keeping my feet, um, not getting blisters or rubbing or anything like that. And especially when you pour water on your head and then your shoes and socks get soggy and then stuff starts to happen. The rubbing starts to happen. It's a great product Um, or anything um, to put on your feet. I think taking care of your feet uh, is super important um, because that can be the, the factor in you having your best run. It has nothing to do with fitness or performance it's what is actually going on with your feet, blisters, yeah, the rubbing. Circulation is everything. We want circulation. So like in the morning when the alarm goes off, my alarm goes off and the way that I kind of wake myself up is I do like pointing and flexing my feet, you know, getting circulation going in my ankles before I put all my body weight on it. And then I'll do um, circles in one direction, circles in the other direction, eversion, inversion, which is like taking, just moving the foot to the left and to the right. And then, you know, if I'm really like, oh, I feel a little sleepy, I'll do, I'll go through the alphabet with my feet. And that just uh, gets things woken up and just says, hey, I love you feet. I'm going to give you some blood and some oxygen circulation before I step on you. And and uh, and make you work all day. This is you're describing sort of the routine you would do for if you have PF or plantar fasciitis in your foot. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to get your feet moving, the blood circulation in there before you even place your feet on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty key. So, note to that person who asked the question: um, love your feet first thing in the morning. I know. I sometimes will use castor oil. The castor oil. Oh, packs. that yeah. Tell that remedy. That's so, a great. Yeah. That's like. Old school grandma remedy. That actually got me. I think I did a video of that on our team page, team Facebook page, when I was working through plantar fasciitis. That was one of the elements of what I would do in the morning. But basically taking uh, your bare foot, you take the castor oil and you rub it on your feet, like really massage it in there for a few minutes. And then you place a towel around it. I would use... um, I think what we did is we would... I cut up some flannel pillowcases. Remember we'd wrap it in flannel. I think it's probably a little better than the towel. I don't know. Well, that little red towel, oh, like the yeah, little yeah, hand yeah. towel upstairs. Yeah, it's nice and thin. And then that you wrap that around your feet and then you put a heating pad 
mm-hmm. and you wrap that around it. So I, I have many, many tools to use to make the heating pad stick really close to the feet. Uh, my latest is an old swim band that one of the sides broke. So now I wrap it around oh a few God. times and tie a little knot. I also use the, the said craft pants. <laughs> to, You're like, hey, get over here. I need something. I need you for one more thing. What one do you more do thing. With your craft pants. I tie, I wrap it around the heating pad around the foot and then I tie it into a knot so it stays, oh stays tight. Those craft pants. What would I do without them? Oh, there they go again. <laughs> Walking by. I bought those craft pants. We got a discount through our first triathlon coach. So I'm serious when I say I bought them probably for Christmas. So first of all, we were giving each other Christmas presents back then. And so that tells me that it was so long ago. But it was we were in Boulder. I think it was probably 2003 no. or 2004. No. What do you mean no? no. You're terrible with time. With, it I'm was later. Be- I wasn't even doing triathlon in 2003. Oh, yeah, you're right. See, I'm not afraid to admit. I'm going to say wrong. it was probably around 2007, 2008. I think you're right. On our way out of uh, close PJ, to being you're right. Out of I Colorado. was wrong. I was wrong. But anyway, okay. Everybody so, heard that here. She said I was right. Anyway, like they're they're not yet. They're not 15 years. Young 15 pants. Years old. No, they're not. And they were like 200 and like 50 bucks. I think they're still like 250 bucks. They don't make them anymore. But I got a discount through our coach who was sponsored by them and I got them for you for Christmas. And I was like, Oh, these are so expensive. But had I known that they would have made it through our living in Boulder and Newport and now California, and that you think that it's even appropriate to wear storm tights in Southern California. The one thing they don't do (laughs) is talk back. (laughs) All right. The two things they don't do is it's never talking, talked back to me and they, they won't stay up by themselves. (laughs) I have to tie them. So you get an the old elastic. swim band. The elastic. Yes, I get the old swim band. Oh my God. This is what happens. Oh, yeah. Oh, everybody else is out on a Saturday night having date night. And we're and just talking to ourselves. We're talking about your old pants. Um, yeah, so now they have a okay. swim band as, a, as an elastic <laughs> belt to hold them up. Otherwise, they'll fall down. If you ever see BJ in transition on race morning, say, hey, nice storm tights, because he always has them on. So, <laughs> you do. I do. <laughs> so, we'll see those at Oceanside. See you there. And that orange and red Perlazini. Oh, my God. You jacket. can't. Don't even. We can't talk about those. Oh. I hate that jacket. Maybe time to let go. Okay. <laughs> we did a, we did a, was it, when were we doing a run? We were with two of the women on our team, Laura and Karen, and you came out in that horrible burgundy and orange and black running jacket. And they were just like, hey, what's up with the 1980s outfit? <laughs> I was like, yeah, this is your coach. It's like, Cutting edge. There's nothing wrong with it. It's <laughs> there's no holes or anything. Oh God. Oh All my right. God. All right. If you're still with us, any other questions? Mm-hmm. No, that's it. That's it. Okay. Awesome. Um, hey, everyone who's listening, thank you so much. Uh, we just got our wrap, our year wrap up 
from uh, Spotify. It was super cool. We're going to be sharing some of that stuff. On oh yeah, that was Instagram. Cool. But all the shares, people sharing the podcast, and I think it was like twenty five percent new listeners. Like just incredible. Thank you so much, you guys. We're going on eight years with this podcast. <laughs> like almost four hundred episodes. Eight years of the podcast. Three ninety something, right? This will be 397, I think. Yeah. Okay. So it's talk about staying the course. Um, and I know some of you guys have been with us since day one. So super cool. Yeah. Thank you. And if you didn't know what day one looks like, go back to episode one. Oh my God. Go it's, back to episode one and, and hear, hear me try, message I was trying. Message Jess and, and, and tell her how she was. I was trying so hard. Performing. Yeah, I was. Then, I was trying so hard. And then. Just wanted to be good. You can tell me to speak up more. <laughs> I didn't think I could speak back then. Something's happened in front of the mic. No, you're you are amazing. Too. You are too. I love doing this. I love being this, as you call it, steward for the podcast and this uh, creation of, of Yogi Trathi in the community and leading leading the charge that um, all things are possible uh, and that we need to continue to reinforce that message day in and day out. It's it's nonstop. Uh, one one beam of light I just want to mention that just continues to make me smile and take my heart away is, is our youngest athlete Luca who just he just he's 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 an amazing soul um quickly we ran with him last week or this week and on the rail trail and in order to keep heart rate down without him looking at the heart rate I asked him to repeat and just to check in with him if he could talk if he could speak and I'd say, can you speak? And he'd go, yes. Uh, and after the first interval, we were going to do another one. And he asked if he could repeat his mantra that could show me that he wasn't going too hard. And so he started to do that on our build back. And his mantra is um, something I shared with him when we first did the Carlsbad 5k was I am calm. I am strong. I can do this. And he said it, multiple times as I checked in with him to, to make sure he wasn't running too hard. And I, I think I almost cried the first two times and then uh, just went to pure elation and appreciation that we get to do this. We get to share this with other, other people, no matter the age, no, no matter where you are. Um, and he just continues to, to be that, I guess, example of how far we've come. What do you have to say to that? No, I uh, I agree. You're you're amazing with him. It's it's such a delight to see you two together. Uh, yeah, so I think it's a great place to wrap it up. All right, I'm gonna go check on those pants. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Oh.